0: Welcome to VLGA Connect in conversation today about the Libraries After Dark Program and I'm very pleased to welcome Rose O'Leary, who's the Libraries After Dark Project Officer at the VLGA. Hi, Rose. Good to see you again. Thanks
1: for having us, Chris.
0: You're one of our earliest guests on VLGA Connect going back nearly 18 months. So it's about time you paid us a return visit.
1: It's definitely good to be back. It's been a whirlwind of an 18 months, that's for sure.
0: It sure has. And joining you today is Angela Savage, CEO of Public Libraries Victoria, who at the time of recording this is celebrating one year in the role. Angela, congratulations and welcome. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much, Chris. It's
0: lovely to be here. So I want to talk a bit about the Libraries After Dark program and then more broadly, um, what sort of a difference it's made in the space of public libraries around the state. So Rose, perhaps just start with a bit of context. What is the program? How long has it been around?
1: Yeah, of course. So Libraries After Dark is an initiative funded by the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation and operated mainly out of Moreland City Council with uh, VLGA providing support in all sorts of ways to Moreland to make that project happen. It's a project that keeps libraries open later as an alternative source of recreation in communities where Often the only other thing open after dark is the local poker machine venue. So we're providing an alternative in areas where social connection is quite difficult to find after dark uh, and u- utilising um, that funding to be reaching out to communities all around Victoria from Mildura to, she- Mildura to Shepparton um, and a ton of metro mm-hmm. libraries too. Uh, so, yeah, it's been going on for just over four, just under four years now. Uh, And we're excited to hopefully see it continue to grow.
0: So, So just to be clear, it started with Moreland, but it's now in a number of libraries around the state.
1: Yeah that's right so Moreland City Council and three other councils in that northern area piloted the project we were then awarded a million dollar four year grant um, from the Victorian government which has now met that meant that we can extend to 22 libraries across the state
0: and as 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 of recording this we're coming up on gambling harm awareness week which is the 18th to the 24th of October and I guess, uh, Angela, maybe a question for you. Gambling and libraries are not usually two topics we put in the same sentence.
2: No, and look, I found out about this program when I first came to work for the library sector 12 months ago, and I was just so impressed with, uh, with the idea behind it. The notion that libraries, as place special community resources, as places, offer an alternative to poker machine venues, um, as places where people can gather in the evening. Um, And, you know, one of the things that libraries have to offer is they're destigmatized spaces. You don't, there's no stigma attached to walking into a library. Everyone is welcome. It's all-inclusive and importantly, it's free. So in these communities where currently the only venue that's open at night where you don't have to be alone is a poker machine venue where people are losing tens of thousands of dollars a night. The alternative offered by libraries is a safe space, a welcoming space. Well, it doesn't cost you anything to be there, so it's a it's a lovely counterbalance to that um, kind of avaricious or predatory um, industry.
0: Is it fair to also say that I guess if there's a silver lining from COVID-19, it it certainly has put. More of a spotlight on the value of libraries to bring communities together and keep communities connected. Would you agree with that?
2: I think that's true. I mean, I, I think obviously a lot of the metro libraries have been closed for a significant period of the last twelve months, more than two hundred and fifty days and counting. Um, mm. And we and and people have missed that connection. Uh, we have been able to sustain click and collect services home library delivery services particularly for people who are isolated so libraries have really come to be seen as essential services in a way that probably they weren't before um, also the online programming particularly the online storytelling has been incredibly popular with families who really have described it as a lifeline as important to their mental health and well-being um, who are tuning in in the thousands to that online programming uh, so it's it's raising the profile of libraries, I think, across the sector. But we still see a really important role for libraries in physically bringing people together. And, you know, there are people who are left behind when lockdowns happen because they're not digitally literate or they don't have access to affordable uh, Wi-Fi or devices. Um, And they're a really key group for libraries to reconnect with post-lockdown. I remember going to Ballarat Library not long after the last lockdown for an event. It was one of the first of the events, live events that had happened there. It was socially distanced. And one woman saying to me, this is like dying and coming back to life to be in the library again. That's how much it meant to her.
0: You make a good point too, about that digital equity. I noticed the city of Casey's just launched a digital equity framework, which I think we'll probably see a lot of other councils follow suit, which is exactly about that. Making library services, digital services, technology, et cetera, available to, to more people. Your comment about libraries being seen more of an essential service through this period is exactly the point I was getting at. And I guess it also gives an opportunity either for, for you or Rose to answer this, um, to make more people aware of initiatives such as Libraries After Dark.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, we'd love to see the profile of libraries as you know, essential to placemaking in communities to be recognised because that's really what they're doing. We're seeing, um, you know, state governments investing in infrastructure development for libraries, um, understanding the importance of design um, elements uh, and community consultation in creating libraries that are, places of social connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously books are still important, but the modern library offers so much more, including that really important bridging role to digital literacy and access. Um, so I think we're really seeing the, um, the re-understanding of the modern library in, in playing that really important social connection role, that placemaking role. Um, and also I've noted that the uh, Infrastructure Victoria 30-Year Strategy recognises expressly recognises libraries um, advocating for an increase in libraries in growth areas and also for um, an investment in digital uh, assets in regional libraries in particular, because so many people are being left behind with the complete um, development of government services, for example, to online. That unless you can access those services, you can really be left behind. And libraries provide not only the infrastructure and the access, but also the welcome and the expertise, the non-judgmental assistance, hands-on assistance to enable people to access those services.
0: You, you raise a good point. The Infrastructure Victoria strategy, I think it's recommending a significant increase in the amount of money that the state contributes to new library developments, especially in growth areas. So we're awaiting the state's response mm-hmm. to that. And they've got 12 months, so um, it might be a while before we hear you know, whether they're gonna follow through with that. Rose, coming back to libraries after dark, How do you measure the success of this program? Because I imagine it's a bit of a moving feast. If you've come from a pilot group of four, you're up to 22. I guess the more libraries you have involved, the easier it is to see what sort of impact it's having.
1: Absolutely. And the only thing that's made difficult for us as the program has grown is obviously the pandemic we haven't been able to see the same kind of numbers as we saw a few years ago from the project in terms of people coming through the door uh, people are a bit hesitant to come to the libraries and there's also restrictions on libraries during all of this pandemic craziness so it's definitely slowed our development of understanding the exact benefits of the project but we'll be able to come out of that next year and really really see some strong benefits from the project um it's actually a difficult thing to uh, analyze the benefits of the program in terms of directly impacting gambling harm. Uh, We aren't as a project saying that we're reaching those people who are most definitely experiencing harm where there is a primary prevention project to exist. Uh, to support people who might be at risk and in a community space that is at risk. Uh, so it's difficult in that sense to evaluate the success there, but we do know that it's having an impact on social connection, which is a such an inc- incredibly important uh, driver of the prevention of gambling, harming communities, as well as many other um, negative impacts on communities. So yeah, it's one of those things we're learning as we go, um, but we have been able to hear some incredible stories and get some pretty incredible numbers of people enjoying and making the most of the program, which is really fantastic.
2: I think, Rose, you you hit on an important point there where, you know, no one's standing at the door of the library ticking off a list saying, so would you be at the pokies if you weren't here? Um, Because the whole idea of the program is that it is destigmatizing. Anyone can go in, anyone is welcome. It does make the evaluation a little trickier, but um, by contributing to that um, raised profile of the library as a community resource, as a place that all, everyone is welcome to go after dark for free, um, then that's it, it's contributing to that health and wellbeing agenda, as well as the economic benefits of a decreased, um, you know, what we, we hope will be a decreased losses in those affected communities.
0: So if we've got 22 councils involved now, um, I don't know the numbers, you probably do, Angela, there's a lot more libraries than that in Victoria. What's our, um, our estimate of how many more libraries we think could start to become part of this in the not too distant future?
2: That's probably a question for Rose. We have 281 branches, library branches in um, Victoria, 50 library services. Um, and the the program, correct me if I'm wrong, Rose, does roll out on a branch-by-branch basis and is targeted in areas where there are high concentrations of poker machines. Um, so I guess the simple answer to that is wherever there's a high concentration of poker machines and significant community losses, there's a role for libraries after dark. And really, it's a it's a very modest investment for the returns on investment. Really what the Libraries After Duck funding is paying for is staff time so that the libraries can stay open until 10 o'clock at night. Um, the librarians themselves are incredibly creative uh, and innovative at programming and can kind of come up with all sorts of ideas, everything from fill nights to board games to, um, you know, art and craft activities, but also just providing a quiet space where people can sit and read the paper if they like to. They can mm. be alone together in the library if that's what they want. So, um, uh, and we know that at least, again, Rose, this is probably for you, but at least one council's decided to pick up and fund the project on their own bat, right?
1: Yeah, so a few of our existing councils um, from our pilot so there's Hume, um, and we've also got Brimbank, which is a more recent addition, um, have included more libraries than just the one library um, as a, as being included in the program. So we're seeing councils actually invest in Libraries After Dark separate to our investment. Because as a program, we've actually exhausted our funds and how many libraries we can fund. We've had many application rounds or we've had to knock back some libraries because we just haven't had enough money. So it's one of those things where... Um, there's plenty of libraries who are keen and councils that are, are seeing other councils be able to fund it themselves, that it will continue to grow. Um, but we will be advocating to the state government for more funding as well so that we can continue to, the, to grow the program more because it can be reaching every single library in the state. Hopefully um, it's a long-term goal, uh, but it could definitely happen.
0: So perhaps an opportunity for, for, for either of you or both to comment on how you see libraries and Libraries After Dark becoming involved in the Gambling Harm Awareness Week activities. What sort of an opportunity is this to get more messaging out there?
1: So we're launching a website, a Libraries After Dark specific website um, during Gambling Harm Awareness Week, which we're really excited about. It's going to include quite a few resources, but in particular highlighting a video project that we as a team have been working on. We've been going around to uh, all the libraries during um, After Dark hours and capturing the project uh, in its prime and uh, it, we're going to be popping all of those resources onto the website uh, and with more videos coming um, over the next 12 months as well. So we're really exciting to, excited to be able to um, launch a platform where people will be able to go directly and learn more about the program and reach out to us as well if they'd like to. So we're going to be working with all of our stakeholders to be spreading the word of the um, website as far and wide as possible. And yeah, hopefully spreading the word of the project as well from people who haven't heard of it before
2: and obviously plv will be supporting that through all of our social media channels um, and hoping to bring uh, the local mps on board to promote that program as well the local council's um, it's, you know, it's a good news story um, and it's, uh, you know, we need, let's face it, we need good news stories at the moment in Melbourne, Victoria.
0: So, look, thank you both. I think that's uh, the terrific progress being made, great initiatives. Gambling Harm Awareness Week is the 18th to the 24th of October. Look out for that new website. Angela, congratulations on one year in the role. Looking back... Thank you, uh, Chris. You, you must have started mid-COVID.
2: Uh, I did. I was onboarded <laughs> to use the uh, contemporary language, uh, but it's been a fantastic experience i'm really uh and and, you know being part being part of an organization that supports programs like libraries after dark is just a a great privilege so i'm delighted to be in the role
0: great to speak to you both thanks for coming on vlga connect thank you
1: thanks so much chris
0: the impact of poker machines on our communities extraordinary australia has the greatest gambling losses of any nation in the world for one simple reason we have 20 percent of all the world's poker machines. Losses to electronic gambling machines or pokies are the main form of loss incurred by our community. There are almost a thousand of those machines throughout pubs and clubs in the municipality.
1: Locals lose just over $10 million a year in this venue. That's a staggering $27,000 every day. Those losses do immeasurable harm to individuals and families in our community, but also to local businesses that miss out on that spending.
2: I lost everything I valued. I lost my family, I lost my partner, I lost my friends, I lost my relationship, I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm still recovering from, actually, the trauma of that experience. There's a new initiative. We have Libraries After Dark. And that could be an option. Instead of going to the pokies, why not come to the library? I think the Libraries After Dark program is really central to The positioning of libraries as partners in health and wellbeing in communities. It's emblematic of what libraries are capable of doing, um, particularly when it comes to things like reducing social isolation. You know, it's a relatively small investment for government and it's great on returns, um, not only in terms of monetary returns, but also in terms of health and wellbeing outcomes.
0: When you come to a library's After Dark experience, wonderful, wonderful community if you're feeling alone without the addiction uh, and the predatory uh, relationship with our pokies machine.
1: People are just really excited about us offering this free programming and I actually have one particular comment I wanted to read out. I think it's so great that the library is able to put on these events for free. It allows me to try things I've never done before and makes me proud to live here.